0: Welcome to Fridays on the Fly. I'm Ward. We're creative people, creative projects. Sometimes we talk about that, among other things. Be forewarned, sometimes content or language may be inappropriate for children. Welcome to the podcast. I am glad you are here listening so i'm deep into the old nano rimo i'm writing scripts instead of books because that's just the way i roll and i am on track i was really well on track got a little off recently but i've been doing 2000 words a day day in day out sometimes more uh and then you know just had a as the weekend i was out all day and I just didn't quite get to it. It happens. It's okay. I was four days ahead. And then I just lost track of that day. And the next day also got away from me. So I'm only three days ahead. But still, three days ahead is great. Uh, finding this story, flow is not quite there. Not like it was for my first story. I mean, the first one, just 2,000 more, seemed to come easy every single time. Granted, I did have a really nice outline. I just kind of worked it all out right from the beginning on day one. The second story, that one... That outline was tough. So the first story, it was, I think I said this on one of the previous episodes. It was, it's kind of focused with a natural disaster. You're at a relief camp, you know, things go bad quickly. It's kind of, it's kind of that type thing. And I worked out the entire outline on day one and I followed that outline pretty closely. Of course, things always change, but I had that outline as a backup. And, you know, it's funny writing, I mean, that, that I'm done with that first script. It came out really nice. You know, just, I've done this enough to where I kind of know, all right, I'm about halfway through here. I need to be getting to this point. And, you know, just, you have the pacing down. And then when it's getting to the end, you just, I just kind of know. So I finished that one. That one was very easy. The second one, that is my kind of Beetlejuice-inspired story. Um, I've created some new characters, but... You know, very much that's kind of my inspiration. Yeah, you know, I can't do a True Jr sequel, so this is kind of a backdoor build. And that one, I just couldn't quite figure out the overall story. I knew the start of it, and I've been working it out as I've gone, which has made it a little more difficult because I don't have that outline to come back to. It's just, I have an outline. It's just very rough. It has a lot of ideas, a lot of thoughts, a lot of, like, maybe. And, and it's funny because... I've gotten pretty far into this sequel, probably probably about halfway now, maybe a little less. Uh, but ever since I, I missed those couple of days, it's been tough to get those words. Now, I was doing 2K a day easy, and it's, it's been a bit of a chore the past couple of days. Uh, but that one, uh, you know, it's I don't quite have the full outline the story. It's coming to me as I go, but I I have an idea of where the story's going. or really have an idea of the start. of the story. I'm figuring it all out after that. But you know, doing Nana it really it doesn't feel all that much different from building a costume when I was building the Wild Hunt King, I see the reference photos. I kind of know what I'm after. And it's like, all right, how do I get to that point? What do I need to do to get there? And with writing, it's very much, I know where I want to go. What do I do to get there? I need this character at this point. How do I get him from here to that point? And it is, it's just, you know, it's building in a different medium, building with words instead of with a physical object. But it just, it struck me as I was writing how it is, it feels very similar. How there's, parts in the costume where I think, oh, this just doesn't look right. This doesn't feel right. And with NaNoWriMo, it's this doesn't read right. This doesn't feel right. This needs to change. And so often I try, some days I do, sometimes I don't, I try to go back and read what I wrote the previous day, because when I'm writing it, I have a picture in my mind. I know what it looks like. I know what's going on. And I try to get that on the page. I go back the next day and I'm reading. It, I'm like. it oh, wow this what was in my mind didn't make it to the page at all let me fill in all those blanks all those gaps to make it right and sometimes I don't do that just for whatever reason you yeah, know this is very much a do what you feel type thing. but NaNoWriMo is going well uh I am I'm well I'm I'm ahead of the schedule so that's great because the end of the month i mean with thanks and everything going on it always it can be a bit difficult to get those words in. And I'm trying to get back to like I missed man I missed a day so I even the days I missed I didn't want to Lose my streak of writing every day. So, even the days I didn't, I kind of missed. I still wrote, you know, like a couple hundred words just because I wanted to put something on the page. I hate to completely miss it. You know, I want to, I want to continue putting words down. Uh, But, you know, there's something like I put down like a hundred, couple hundred words and the next day it's like a thousand. And I've been doing 2000 back. And I think I did look at my blazer project for a minute because I, you know, I put on hold for halloween and i'd i'd like the, the day before october started i'd put a battery in it battery's dead and as dad tried to see if just with a fuel pump prime if i turn the key. and so afterwards after Halloween's was over uh had gotten a fresher battery not a new battery but a fresher battery i turned the key and interior lights came on you know exterior lights came on gauge cluster did not come on which is well, i mean who knows what's gonna have to pull the dash out and i think try to track down what's going on there because the radio goes in and out. So there's something going on. I have to imagine it's behind the dash. I don't. But I realized that at that point, you know, the the see, the I did not hear the pump prime. And I went ahead and like turn the key to see if it would turn over. I didn't really think it would, and it didn't. And I'm glad it didn't because one, I meant to change the oil. I had not. You know, it needs some fresh oil. Oil in there is at least five years old. Oil breaks down, so it's not gonna give it the full lubrication it needs. And yeah, you know, I'd like this thing to hang on for a little bit. I did not put any gas in the tank. So I mean, the fuel, t- the fuel pump will prime without any gas in the tank, but, uh, you know, it's possible I didn't hear it. I doubt it, but it's possible. Uh, and I checked the little tank I had hooked up to it, and there's no gas in it. Well, of course, there wasn't gas I missed a few things, you know, taking that month off. Just kind of forgot where I was on some aspects of it. Uh, but when well, I did turn the key, it didn't turn over at all, and it really did done something. Uh, but, you know, I turned the key once, and then... The next day I realized, oh, wow, there are a couple things I didn't do. So I need to, I want to turn the key again with some gas in the tank. I've turned to the will of pump prime. Is there any gas? And, he, you know, even if the, the vehicle doesn't turn over, am I hearing a relay? Am I hearing indicate something is happening? Uh, but, man, you now I put the Blazer in timeout because it didn't, didn't do anything, the gas dash didn't light up, didn't hear the fuel pump prime. But, it, you know, it's possible maybe it primed quietly, I don't know. I, You know, part of that was I didn't hear it and I didn't see any gas in the tank. There's no gas No gas in my little temporary tank to see, because I have the supply line just pumped to a gas tank, I wanted to see if it was pumping and didn't have any gas. You know, I may have, maybe it's pumping, maybe it is, I'm hoping. I did undertake a small project, uh, and this will be my YouTube channel. And it, it seems almost. What's the point of doing this project? Uh, it was just a refrigerator shelf. It. You know what? There's shelves in my refrigerator. I'm gonna stack them and fill them as much as possible. And because of that, these things are plastic. They break. It happened And I put. I'm gonna put this on my channel just because this kind of repair is a lot more typical for the average person. Like if somebody's looking like, "Hey, how do I repair this?" And it's not like it's just this refrigerator. shelf. I mean, it's a very common type of repair. I and mean, this plastic is cracked. So in my how-to, I just walk through. You know, you need to strap it. You need to put some some metal strapping to prevent the split in the plastic from spreading. Uh, and yeah, I've done this type of repair so many different times because it applies to so many different things. I mean, there's plastic everywhere in the world. It's going to crack. It's going to split. How do you reinforce it? How do you fix it? How do you go on? Because I don't know if you could buy a replacement shelf for my refrigerator, but I probably don't want to pay for it or the price they would be charging. And you know, with a couple screws and a couple strips of metal, got the shelf rocking and rolling. And you know, once I did it, uh, I ca- tried to account for how it would fit in the refrigerator, and I did make one lapse in judgment, like the way it was kind of like, it's almost like a French cleat type thing. And so the way the strap goes, it has to, the way I had to have the strap go to repair the crack and where the crack was, it made it where it wouldn't quite fit over this cleat because the strap made it a little bit tighter. So I just did a little bit slicing and dicing, but uh, it is just, it's just a concept, an idea that will If you watch this video, you can apply it to so many different projects. And it's just, it's very easy like that. And that's really, I don't know, man. I need, you know, I feel the pull to get back to projects when I'm not working on something, when I'm not in the shop. I feel like, oh man, I just, I don't know, I feel the need to be productive. Uh, You know, even though I wasn't making videos, even though I wasn't doing anything with it, I still have always felt that pull to be in the shop, to be doing something, to be productive. It's just the way it is. And I've not been doing much of that, but I've been feeling... That time, you know, when I'm not doing Anorama, I've been watching some movies. I didn't only watched one movie in October, so I've been trying to catch up because I really enjoy watching movies. So what have I been watching? Been watching a couple of good ones. I watched Papillion. This is a remake of, I believe, a 70s movie. And I have seen that 70s movie. I had frightened I've seen it. From what I'm seeing, I did see it. But this is a remake, 2017. And I really enjoyed it, much more than I thought. I mean, Prison Break movies, gosh, there's so many of them. You know, it's hard to to trade any ground on that, but I really like Papillion. It is French for butterfly. The main character has a tattoo of a butterfly, and he's he's wrongfully in prison. I mean, he is a thief, but he is wrongfully in prison, and it's just you can't help but root for somebody wrongfully in prison. You want them to escape, and this guy's just so dedicated to escaping that you want him to succeed. So it's a great premise. You know, like you're kind of bought in right from the start. And I like the story. This is a period piece. It just it looks beautiful. Like you could pause this movie anywhere, and you're gonna get an awesome shot. It just looks really nice. And everything in this movie really it works together. It's just a well made movie. Like everything's working together. It's entertaining from start to finish. I really you know like this guy. He wants to escape so bad, despite the insurmountable odds. Of like escape seems impossible, but he is he's committed because he shouldn't be there, and he doesn't want to be there. And at first, it seems like he's just trying to correct this injustice. That you know he shouldn't be in jail. So he's gonna get out and fix this thing. and Try to get to his old life. But by the end of the movie. He's trying to prove, I feel like he's trying to prove that he can conquer this impossible of repression. Cause that's what it is. This is a penal colony that, you know, you, you stay in it forever or you die. Those are your choices. And he's trying to go uh, option C with a lot of adverse. And you want him to do it and you hope he does it. And it really just seems like he wants to do it at that point. And this is based, so it's based, there's a movie made in the 70s uh, about this. It's based on a book. Apparently there is like a real guy that at least experienced this to some degree. Uh, and it is, does start Charlie Hunnam of Sons of Anarchy. He's been in a bunch of different things, but he really he does a nice job in this role. Uh, he starts out as a thief, gets in prison because you know he's a little bit too cocky, you know, and he's a thief. He does steal from the wrong people, so he got he was he went to jail for a crime, but not for the crime he actually did for a different crime that had a much harsher sent. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I mean, just like a really. Just great movie. And I was surprised I had not heard about it because Charlie Hunnam's a fairly big actor. And I thought this was a really well done movie. And so I thought I would heard of it. I, I had not heard of it at all. I don't even remember. I was listening to a podcast and a podcast mentioned it. I can't even remember why. But I would definitely recommend Pavilion. It was great. I'm surprised. I'm just surprised I hadn't heard about it before. I watched Crimes of the Future. This is Dave, David Cronenberg, you know, and he's getting back to his body horror type roots. and. I don't know. I mean, this is not a bad movie, but it's not easily digested. This movie really has a preoccupation with body horror and body manipulation, just kind of like this gross out, you know, we're going to show you like people reaching into body cavities, and organ cavities. And, uh, and, and the, the problem with that is this is actually the plot is about the evolution of the human species, about what. We digest how we digest and we see this world through this performance artist who he operates on himself live and he has his body like creates these extra organs so he operates on himself and removes them. and that's his performance he's kind of caught in the middle of all this stuff where you have this group that wants to push this evolution and what the human species can be you have another group that wants to hide it and he's in the middle because you know he creates different organ things uh and i don't know but it'd be it's very easy just to describe this movie as a bunch of body horror without much of a plot but it actually it does have an interesting plot but the movie itself ignores it, and that's unfortunate. I uh, I would not recommend it at all. I mean, it, definitely a few ick moments because it's, I don't know, man, like operating and like reaching into people is, uh, yeah. But that is what Cronenberg is famous for, this body horror stuff. So he definitely knew that. And like, so that one of the things the movie goes into is that for whatever reason, you know, we have this whole evolution of like how humans digest, but the baseline for this, humans have evolved to the point that we can't feel pain, we can't get infection, so you can just like slice and dice your body up with no repercussions and you know in this world surgery the, mo- the movie says this surgery is the new sex and you know that it's the most intimate thing you do because you can actually like, put your hands inside somebody's body or, like touch their organs you know what's more intimate than that uh and i guess too with everything going on people want more provocative entertainment and i guess that's how we have this world and this world just crosses line with art and love and pain and so there's some interesting ideas here but this movie really just wants to like hey let's show you some gross and that's kind of bigger mortensen not it? he plays like the main guy that operates on himself unfortunately i was disappointed i mean i wouldn't you know i kind of knew what this was going into it so i, I didn't have any illusions but I, I was a little disappointed even still just with you know i thought there would to this there's not and then i also watched see how they run i had heard about this movie and i wanted to see it because it just seemed like a fun fun type movie and i would recommend it because it is it is very fun it has a lot of fun with the genre it pokes fun at typical cool tropes of the, it is, it's the whodunit genre. The dialogue I thought was very clever. Uh, I like the story structure it to incorporate some aspects from the play it's depicting. So it's kind of, you have this play, it's in the movie and this movie is doing some mirroring with the plot points of that play. So I really like that. And I really just really like kind of the tone of this because uh, oh, I, I like the tone of this, just playful, fun, uh, energetic, but at the same time, the movie never seems as engaging as it should be, and I think I would. Get, I think the reason for that is that you've got the main character played by Sam Rockwell and She Ronan, and they are really fun characters. You know, you get a little bit of an idea of who they are, and but the supporting characters they just aren't as entertaining, and yeah, you know, I almost like can't even tell them apart. Like they're just so bland. And so I think the problem the movie has is you create these really two good characters when they're not on screen. I wish they were, and these characters you're putting on they Star are interesting. I and mean, so while I would recommend this, I do feel it's a little bit of the movie's ideas were strong in the result. Um I think. You you know the it's a fun concept the movie just like doesn't quite get there like it could push it a little farther Not to say it's bad i mean i enjoyed it i would definitely recommend it but it just even despite what this does i was thinking uh, and i think part of that comes back to the secondary character you know maybe this is pushing a little too hard to tie into the play and do some mirroring of the plot uh i don't know but this is the play in the movie is agatha christie's mousetrap the mousetrap and that is a real play and that actually was the longest running play in london it started in 1952 and it played in london until 20 20- 20, and it only stopped them because of the COVID pandemic, was longest running play and I, I enjoyed it. See how they run. It's a cool movie. Could do more, but you know what? Many movies could do. More. I was still working spite it. So this is a short one for you. It's all I got, man. I've, I've covered all the ground I've wanted to cover. I will talk to you next time. This has been another rousing episode of Fridays on the Fly. <laughs> Thanks for listening. I'm Ward. Go to our website, fridaysonthefly.com. From there, you can find everything. Episodes, iTunes links, Stitcher. Whatever you need from Fridays on the Fly, you can find it there. So go there, check us out.